TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome to Two Guys and a Mic.com. Um, two guys at a mic.com. I'm looking at my Twitter account right here. Two guys at a mic on the talkzone.com. It is the coach and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, with us today. And big dog, before I start the show, we get into steroids and college basketball and NFL football playoffs. You'll be happy to know that Blowhard 4 and Fan in the Attic have joined our dysfunctional Twitter team. Uh, blow. Blowhard 4, is that four people or one person with the name Blowhard 4? It's an interesting concept. I assumed it was one, but you're right. It might be like a team Twitter. Could be four <laughs> people. Also, Lovely Lisa, or I'm sorry, not Lovely Lisa, it's Lisa Loving. Lisa Loving has joined our Twitter team. You'll be happy to know people are jumping on board on a regular basis. It's good. We have plenty of room on the ship, Coach. That's not your, so keep uh, on jumping on board. That's not your moniker, is it, Lisa Loving? That's not you undercover? Uh, no, mine is uh, Irish, Angry Irish Inch Coach. <laughs> angry Irish Inch. Yes. So you yes. are you are Twitter mouth mouth. Uh, you are Twitter functional, I should say. Well, actually, I probably should sign up for an account. You know, this is mm-hmm. 2010. I should have a Twitter account by yes. now. But uh, you know, I try not to get involved in that stuff. And mm-hmm. the fact that you know I'm involved in media, it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> media by Pony Express really isn't getting it done now. You are in fact a media byproduct, but we're glad to have you on board. The big dog here today and tomorrow. We got lots to talk about. Big dog David Olson, our fine producer on the other side of the glass, and that's where we like him. On the other side of the glass, quite frankly, uh, 888-463-6748 is our phone number. One hour of sports talk and more. We'll jump off the sports page, too, because, Big Dog, I know you want to talk about Simon Kroll leaving your favorite show, American Idol. Uh, Simon's the mean guy, right? Simon would be the mean guy. I, I can honestly say I don't think I've watched a total of 20 minutes of that show, maybe during, like, Fox football games, the really? second blips that they show you. That's about as much as uh, I, I did get to see the, the, the black dude who sang Swing Low Sweet Chariot because uh, <laughs> Cloudy did make me watch it one day. Other uh-huh. than that, that's the only part of American Isle I've ever seen. Coach, Cloudy so. is your roommate, by the way. So I'm going to assume you are not one of the 2,333,612 people that have purchased a Susan Boyle CD. No, no, she's the she's the ugly British gal that uh, has a great voice, right? Well, let's use another word besides ugly. The somewhat uh, previously unattractive. They fixed her up a little bit. No, but, but no, one of the do... great underdog stories of all time, when she came on and sang that song and became a star, I, I thought it was, uh, relating it into sports terms, it was Shamanade uh, uh, defeating, who did they defeat? Virginia, with uh, Ralph Sampson back in the day. Uh, that was, without a doubt, the only reason to ever have watched American Idol was for that particular moment, wasn't it? The rest mm-hmm. of it was all like contrived and a bunch of people that were all you know pretty and... And pretty much you knew they were going to get, you know, put on. And then all of a sudden this woman, who wasn't even the American one, it was the English version, wasn't yes, it? That wasn't even the, the America's American Got show. Talent, I believe you'd be correct. Okay. No, no, it was in the England, Coach. It wasn't even, I don't even think it was. That's like probably the, correct. In Britain, I'm sure the hit song, the hit show is not America's Got Talent. Britain's Got Talent. No, it's like it's it's like British Idol or something. I don't know yeah. what it is, but yeah, that's uh, that was really the only moment to ever watch any of those mm-hmm. programs for. That was actually pretty cool. I did I get to you made me uh, YouTube it. 
Oh yeah, that's that's well, back when we used to yeah. you know trade the YouTube. You got to see this. I watched that. It was it was good stuff. You and about twenty five million other people watched that. I think it's the watch most YouTube video of all times. Almost. It, uh, it, it, it has it surpassed the Saddam uh, hanging. I think so. Okay, that's I good. Think so, yeah. I, uh, see, you know, people always look down at humans, so yeah, it's good that it, it's you know a, a bright moment like that has yeah. finally surpassed the Saddam hanging. Saddam's hanging was highly overrated. I didn't think it was choreographed well. I didn't like the announcers that brought it to you. I thought it was extremely overrated. You know what? Yeah, the announcers didn't really, they lacked the excitement that yeah, you really, I mean, you know, you got a big event like that, something dramatic happening, you know, and, and the sideline reporter for the hanging was not good at all. And, you know, you're very likely, like, you know, it's not likely to get like a rematch at all in a hanging. So, you know, you're only going to get it once. The guy, I don't really think they captured that. Coach. Yeah, the post-game interview usually doesn't happen on your local hanging out in Iraq. Thank you very much. All right, Big Dog, great to talk to you. NFL playoffs over the weekend. You do know Tuesday is residue. Tuesday here on the uh, TalkZone.com, two guys and a mic show, so we can still pick up some of the events that happened over the weekend before we charge ahead and seek ahead and look ahead to some of the sports things happening. And, of course, the big story out there is the uh, finally the admitition, if I can use that word. I don't think it's an actual word, but it's a derivative of admit. The admitation of Mark McGuire. maybe. Huh? How about the admittance? No, I like it. Because... I'd like admittation of <laughs> okay. uh, Mark McGuire finally saying that yes, indeed, with a few caveats thrown in that he used steroids. Your thoughts well, as a non-steroid user? What were the what were your caveats, by the way? Just just wondered. I, you know, just, uh... Well, the biggest caveat, and I'm a longtime caveat fan, by the way. Uh, the biggest caveat was that oh, that it was primarily for injury reduction to help oh. me recuperate. From okay, some of the previous injuries, I never took them for performance enhancing. I almost uh, lost a little bit of supper I had last night when I heard that comment. Well, it's about time he finally admitted it. And and you know what? He probably was doing the whole time. I'm just kind of surprised he admitted he was also doing human growth hormone, you know, to throw that in there too. And, mm-hmm. and who knows how much that might help you more than anything. And he started taking that like 97, 98, 99, and that's when he had his biggest years of his career. So – uh, I, I think he told us a little bit more than most people did. I I I, I kind of believe like the way he used stuff because he could have just said he did steroids the whole time and he, and you know he only did them to recover. But when he starts admitting that he actually did the human growth hormone also, mm-hmm. you know th- maybe he's telling us he came clean and he told us the truth about everything that happened. I mean yeah. he's not worried about like going to jail right now. He's mm-hmm. uh, and he realizes he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. And uh, you know what? Maybe if he's Finally honest, he doesn't have to worry about answering these questions uh, when February starts, and, and he's the St. Louis Cardinals hitting coach, which hopefully he does a horrible job. Yeah, that, that's the, uh, you know, as a Cubs fan, well-spoken, of course, this show emanating out of the fine city of Chicago where we are uh, either Cub and or White Sox fans. I'm one of the few that actually root for both teams, but um, interesting. Interesting that he came out, the timing, I would imagine it's because he took the cardinal hitting job if he would have stayed in other jobs away from baseball would he have come out not so sure but i would think big dog you're going to be the batting coach those questions are going to be there yeah the day after the nfl football playoffs kind of a quiet monday maybe the time to come out with that story no no absolutely i disagree with the time to come out he didn't like i was telling my friends uh earlier today i was telling my saudi arabian roommate that uh mm-hmm. We, uh, you know, he should have came out on Friday. It was a good time to come out this time of year because that way, you know, you have to do it before the season starts. You don't want to be in camp having to answer right. one question about this. Right. But he should have done it on Friday. So when the story comes out, you're still talking about NFL football on, on Saturday or so. So he does it. Just say he announces it on Saturday, mm-hmm. the same time of the games. 
there's also games on Sunday. By the time Monday comes around, it's kind of intermingled and it isn't as big a story. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, you don't, you don't think the Jerry Wainwright firing at DePaul took precedence over the Mark McGuire story? Probably right when they heard it, they said, all right, now is the time to release it. <laughs> that was the time. Now Wainwright, they finally let, made the decision after 22 big, uh, big East losses in a row, but. <laughs> Uh, 888-463-6748. If you want to talk about the uh, steroid situation of Mark McGuire finally admitting what uh, 98.6325% of us knew all along, but uh, just to hear him say it is rather definitive, 888-463-6748. If you want to comment on that, we'd love to hear from you, talkzone.com. Listeners, you can email us, too, at Mike2Guys at AOL.com, M-I-C, number two. That's Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Come. Uh, any people you've heard from Big Dog uh, via the media, via the journalism, via the written word that have uh, kind of hit a certain note with you that, uh, yeah, you know, there's been so many comments you hear from all the different people on it now, but has anybody uh, hit home with a Joel Redwanski? You know, I, I pay no attention to all the pundits. Uh, the, my own thing is this, Coach, is uh, when you were talking, when you said caveats, I wasn't sure where you were going with that. And mm -hmm. he said something that really bothered me, and it's he said that. The taking steroids did not help him whatsoever. Okay. Uh, and see, the way I look at it is this, uh, Jose Canseco and Ozzy Canseco, he had identical twins. I, ha I have had a debate with the same Saudi Arabian roommate about like how good identical twins are similar in athletic ability, but t they typically, they really are really similar, especially if they put the same amount of work in at something. Mm -hmm. Well, both of them were baseball players in the Oakland A's uh, organization, so you would think that the Oakland A's would have pushed them equally as hard. Okay. I mean, wouldn't you think? Well, I, if one takes steroids, one ends up hitting 462 career home runs, steals, you know, uh, 280 bases, has a 40-40 year, and, you know, and at times is the greatest slugger in the game. And the other one hits two career home runs and it can barely make it to the major leagues because he can't hit, and he's just as good a fielder as, as the other one. You know, sometimes maybe when you, when you hear Mark McGuire saying, oh, it didn't help you at all, mm -hmm. just look at that. That's the the best case scenario in the history of baseball is the fact that Jose Canseco had an identical twin and the other guy only had two career major league home runs. Well, I think specifically okay. he said, and you bring up a great point, of course, there, you know, I could give you a long lineage if I was the defense attorney here of brothers that have competed in sports where one brother is extremely talented and the other not. Yeah, but so, these, are these are identical twins, Coach. That's a good point. That's what, and, I, and, and like my, my roommate said, I'll tip my hat to him. I mean, it's not exactly identical, but they're, they are identical twins and they're in the same exact organization getting the same exact training. Mm -hmm. Okay. One, one takes the tincture that is smoking on the top that the three stooges concocted and the other guys, you know, just, you know, doing the typical, uh, Canseco family diet. It's kind of funny that one, yeah, one ends up being totally shredded and ripped. And basically almost the same size, but just, you can tell the body is just cut differently. Mm -hmm. And then and the, and the other guy, you know, and it's funny, they were equally adept at fielding. Fielding really doesn't help your steroids. Equally uh, inadept. Well, you know what I mean. You know yes. what I mean there, exactly. Actually, yeah, Ozzy was probably a little bit better of a fielder. He had to be. He couldn't I hit. don't think either one of them have too many gold gloves hanging in their uh, mantle place or whatever. Well, they did. They were, they were spray painted. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, McGuire, to be uh, specific, and as you know, specificity, not one of our strength on the talkzone.com, two guys in a mic, but I believe specifically he said it did not help steroids or HGH cannot help your eye-hand coordination. Uh, and I, I, I think he's pretty correct on that, but what he didn't say is, but when you do connect, the ball goes a lot farther. That's why you hit 70 homers.
Yeah, uh, I, I did hear something like that, and I, I couldn't agree more with that. I was saying I do agree. If you take steroids and you're not a baseball player, it's not like all of a sudden, oh, hey, I can hit a baseball. Mm-hmm. But if you already had that skill of being able to hit a baseball, yeah. it, it your your body is significantly enhanced. Mm-hmm. And do you know what confidence does for a baseball player? Seriously. It, uh, and uh, confidence is maybe the greatest thing you can have in sports. And all of a sudden, if you start taking that and you think you have an edge over somebody, mm-hmm. and you think you're more powerful and quick and all that stuff, all of a sudden it's ingrained confidence. It, and that's why you see so many people that get off it, like the Milton Bradleys of the world, and they can't hit anymore. And and you know, all of a sudden they don't have the confidence, they don't have that edge that they had before. That mm-hmm. and you know, that's the other. It's psychological, coach. It does help you. Physically, and you, and you will hit the ball a fraction longer, mm-hmm. and you'll recover faster. You'll be healthier. You'll be able to play every day in and day out uh, a lot easier than a, a other player would. Mm-hmm. But you know, you get other players who are only on speed and all this other stuff. Don't forget that, coach. Everybody just talks about the yep. the fact that these baseball players were on steroids. What about all the ones that were on amphetamines or cocaine and mm-hmm. all these other like uppers that? Uh, you make you react quicker. Play a, and, and play a night game. You go out uh, partying all night long. Get in at five, six, seven. You got a day game. Maybe the next day. I'm sure there's more than a few players that have taken an artificial remination to uh, get themselves quote unquote up for the next game. Yeah, and I'm not promoting the use of cocaine or whatever. But no. if you look at the Royals and the Pirates mm-hmm. and the Phillies of the 70s and 80s, you know, it's all those, not all those players, a lot of the players were connected with that. And a lot of them admitted, like Willie Wilson was saying, you know, yeah, I was, I was actually playing on cocaine because mm-hmm. it was an upper. He hit like 330, like over like a four or five year span and was stealing like 50, 70 bases a year. There's been a lot of wrongdoing throughout the history of baseball. And I mean, we don't know that Babe Ruth wasn't doing anything, but how do we know? Maybe he was doing something at the time. You, you really, you, you never know. And I, I'm, I'm not trying to throw Babe Ruth under the bus here because that'd have to be like a pretty big bus. But. Look at those, uh, <laughs> look at those Pittsburgh Pirate teams. You mentioned them. I don't know if any of them were on steroids. You look at the bodies, and I would say no. But whatever they were taking for their hair, I think their hair and those afros were clearly on HGH. Willie Stargell and the We Are Family team. Is there HGH yeah. for hair? How, well, uh, how the hell would you know? You don't have any hair. Now it's Rogaine. Now it's Rogaine. But back in the day, I heard it was buttermilk for the buttermilk. That, that's what do I was told. You, do you drink it or pour it on oh, your hair? Oh, the, yeah, Coach, you drink it. You put buttermilk on your hair. You uh-huh. can't get the stink of that stuff out for, like, weeks. The very Seriously. essence of uncomfortability. If you want to look under the word uncomfortable in the dictionary, just look at the batting helmet on top of second baseman Davey Cash's head. Well, did he have a big head? No. His head was normal, but his afro was so big he couldn't. You just kept stuffing on the batting helmet, and the afro kept sticking out. I'll hit you more close to home. How about Jose Cardinal? You remember him when he used to wear the batting helmet? Oh, heck yeah. And yeah. Uh, luckily, Jose Cardinal didn't have to wear those flat hats like the Pirates used to wear because that really accentuated your yes. afro. Yes. It made, you, it made you look like Bozo the Clown at the time. Would not have been a good look for Jose. No, not at all. Not at all. The, the, the flat hat that the Pirates wore in uh-huh. the late 70s, uh, uh, it's so ugly that it's, it actually, they, sh- the Pirates should wear that as a, as a throwback uniform. Yeah, I'll tell you the, what, the, that, that was one of the most fun teams I ever, ever saw playing. Not just for the one year that they won big, but over eh, maybe a five to seven year period. That group was, uh, great entertainment. The we are family group. Yeah. It's hard to believe for the current fans now who've watched the Pittsburgh Pirates, how many consecutive under 500 years, like 22? Yeah, the 19, 
Uh, I don't know. It's not though. It's like seventeen, nineteen ninety-two. I believe yeah. was their last. I mean, yeah, nineteen ninety-two was their last winning season. It was the last year they had Barry Bonds on it, and yeah. then in ninety-three, Bonds was with the Giants, and the the Pirates have had a losing season every year. That's one but of you the know, saddest streaks uh, in all of sports. I think just you yeah. know so many years that the fans there. But but bottom you, line is you know, before that, Pittsburgh Pirates were a longtime powerhouse ball club. They were, but. That's why I, I don't I don't feel bad for the fans in, in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. In some other cities, I do. And I, you know, like I usually root like in a Super Bowl for the fans that deserve it the most. Yep. That's usually how I pick it. Um, but w- with the Pirate fans, they never went. The, you know, in in '91 and '92, they had they had or '90, '91, '92, they had won consecutive uh, division championships mm-hmm. with the Pirates, and they never sold out any of their playoff games. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Can you imagine in Chicago a team going to three consecutive playoff series and the, how difficult it would be to get a ticket? Mm-hmm. You know what? The, the best way to put it is if the if there will, there's no chance to sell it, the, the Cubs were buying the Florida Marlins tickets. Do you know what I'm saying? Like fans like that deserve it. That's why it doesn't really bother me that the Pirate fans have had such you know long suffering. It's a they, cheap cheap shot at our uh, Pittsburgh listeners out there. You want to fire back at the Big Dog eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. You know what they call opening day in Pittsburgh? Opening day, day in Pittsburgh is also known four months to the start of football season. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, some of the best football fans on the planet are Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers fans. I mean, let's be no honest. Question. Let's be honest. You know, they, they they will travel anywhere. It's the same thing. If they're playing, uh, you know, if they're playing the San Diego Chargers and the Chargers are one in fourteen that year, every single ticket in that place will be sold, and there'll be nothing but Steelers fans in mm-hmm. the place. You know, like we know that. You know, even though that's a, like a pretty far trip. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, the Steeler fans are great fans, but the. By the way, fans? Big Dog, I, I will give to you, and I know these are special words to you. We get lost in all the NFL playoff talk, the steroid stuff, and the Winter Olympics coming up, and all the uh, NBA and NHL action. Let me just remind you 34 more days. The best four words in sports pitchers and catchers report. <sighs> Yeah, and I'm glad you, you said that, Coach. Everything that the Ricketts family has done so far as a Cub fan, mm-hmm. I've been pretty happy with, and I feel really good. Does that Yesterday, include raising ticket prices? Uh, they can go right ahead and raise ticket prices because guess what? They'll be sold out, and I'm only going to go to a couple games a year next year anyway, so if that's what they want to do, go right ahead. Hopefully they'll raise the price of World Series ticket prices mm-hmm. next year. Yeah, uh, David, our producer, you, me and Joel went to a game last year in our previous radio show. And the big dog, and we're going to take a quick break here. And, again, our phone lines are open. We'll talk the steroid issue and move to, uh, you know, the NFL playoffs, college basketball. Lots to get to. Only an hour of show here. 888-463-6748. But me and the dog went to not the opening game, but game two of the Cubs season. And he went as, what was your moniker? Was it super fan or next year? No, man? no, no. This year, man. This year, man. Wore the comp- We went to a costume place like a week before. The complete Superman outfit. The blue tights, the red shorts, the cape, the logos, the cap, the whole bit. And the big dog the went boots. out there. It walked around the stadium, and uh, it, it was a, a, truly a classic moment, Doug. Yeah, that was pretty funny, Great Coach. Story. Uh, we didn't last very long in the stadium, though. Well, no, they kicked us out. Yeah, they, they kicked, kicked us out. They kicked us out. We, we, first of all, we had no tickets. So <laughs> here I am sitting with Joel in his Superman outfit, or next year man, or whatever the hell you called yourself, and we're trying to buy tickets off somebody. Which was a difficult thing as it is, but finally we get tickets at a reasonable price. I think what, like forty bucks, thirty-five. Yeah. And we like. and we get in the stadium. They let us in, and you start walking around, and you know this is something brand new. We were trying to build you up as the mascot for the Cub, and you you started to get some fans going a little bit, and all of a sudden, security. Excuse <laughs> me, sir. We do not allow costumes in Wrigley Field. 
Uh, they booted you out of the stadium. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Uh, and the way they exited us out, and it was such a catch-22 because they exited us out of the building and yeah. around the park to go to the, the people to – the, the, the complaint people to talk to. And yeah. we could have went inside the park to do this. Well, mm-hmm. when they got there, they're like, well, did they kick you out? We're like, no, they, they walked us over here. Well, you went outside the park, so you've been kicked out. We can't let you back in. Yeah. <laughs> if they would have walked us through the park, yeah. they wouldn't have had that excuse. And of course, you us. tried to convince them that this is what you normally wear every day. Yeah, that didn't work. Yeah, no costumes allowed in the park. No, no, this is what I wear every day. You were sitting there in red, uh, blue tights with the red shorts and the cape on. That that was a bit of a reach. And you remember the guy that was trying to help us? Was trying. Ronnie he wasn't really Boo-Boo. helping us, but he was trying to help us. We're down below in the bowels of the administrative offices of the Cubs trying to argue to let the big dog get back in there as this year, man. And Ronnie Wu was in there trying to yeah, support he, our cause. Yeah, right when Ronnie Wu started helping us, I'm like, we're done. We have no chance now. <laughs> There's really, we're not going to have anything happen positive if Ronnie Wu Wu's in here. How would you describe our listeners uh, might not be familiar with Ronnie Wu, maybe uh, listening in South America, possibly over in Canada? How would you describe the entity that is Ronnie Wu? Uh, Ronnie Wu Wu, if you if you're not from Chicago and and you're basically not a sports fan, especially an American sports, if you're an American sports fan, I, I hate to say it, and you know of the Cubs, you possibly could know of this pain in the butt. Ronnie Wu is a uh, Somebody that came around in 1970 claims to be part of the 1969 like uh, year of the Cubs, but you know that's debatable. But he he's their mascot. He's uh in his 70s. It is Un- an unofficial mascot. Guy. Unofficial mascot. Yeah, yeah, his self-proclaimed mascot. Uh, he's in his 70s and he basically walks around. People buy him drinks. He drinks all day long and just goes around and yells, John Cone, woo, John Cone, woo, Dave Olson, woo, Dave Olson, woo, and does that all the time, all day long until. Mm-hmm. Finally, you know, people pay him to shut up or, or put, you know, food in his mouth. And mm-hmm. it basically, he goes to Cubs games. People, he gets free extra tickets and walks around, and people buy his food and drink and just. Yeah. Uh, he just makes a mockery. He's the loudest, most obnoxious person. You can rent him out, Coach. I've seen him rented out and brought to grad <laughs> like uh, the 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 Midwestern University uh, graduation. I read the story in the Tribune where. Um, as soon as the president started giving uh, the speech at the graduation, he stood up. He was paid 200 bucks to do this. He stood up and yelled the woman's name and woo, like whatever her name was, and woo. And until until she quit speaking, they, like there was no like security there. Probably got so, 50 bucks and a free uh, lunch at Pop Belly. He's just no, doing he, it. He got 100 bucks from two different guys that were graduating that day who didn't uh-huh. like the president. <laughs> You know, I've so got an eighth grade can, graduation coming up in, in my out. kid's school district. I, I, two years ago, I went to the eighth grade graduation for my older son. It was pretty boring. So maybe I will uh, talk to the superintendent, or maybe we'll just do it as a surprise. But, you know, for each kid that is announced to come up, we could have Ronnie Wu up there. Yeah. Jerry Jones, <laughs> woo! Lisa Stein, woo! No, Bobby Gonzalez, woo! The, the only problem is you don't want him around. Huh? You don't want him around afterwards. Seriously, he'll be like asking for dollars off the kids. So we'll just let him, we'll let him announce the kids, do his woo thing, and then we'll kick him out. We won't let him have any of the appetizers. And and then immediately give him like 20 bucks and tell him that there's like an all you can drink special, like, Mm -hmm. uh, like right off of the L. I'm I'm not, I'm not trying to be rude, but that's really what you got to do because he'll hang around. (laughs) Next thing you know, he'll be moving in, coach. He'll be living with you for about two, three weeks. All (laughs) right. And and you forgot to mention, I think that he, that he dresses in full cup regalia, right? Uh, I I did. I forgot to mention he's always in a, Cubs home uniform. Yeah. So a 70 year old, 70 years old? He's a coach. Late 60s, maybe. African American, not homeless guy, but uh, close to homeless. 
wears the complete Cub uniform, walks around the ballpark, friendly guy. A lot of oh, yeah, people yeah. like him, a lot of people don't like him. He's basically a friendly guy. He's the Cubs' unofficial mascot. But as we found directly, Big Dog, through our experience, the Cub front office, the administrative people, do not like Ronnie Wu at all. No, they do not like him. They don't like him. Yeah. And uh, that, that's not really much of a surprise, to be quite honest with you. He, he does say that he's good friends with the Cubs' president, Crane Kenny. He'd remember him saying that. Yeah. I, I really. I, <laughs> he's get, like, yeah. like he's got his cell phone number. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, as we head to a break, just remember Ronnie Wu's philosophy and David Olson. I know you'll take this to heart. If life is a waste of time, and time is a waste of life, then let's all get wasted together, and let's all have the time of our lives. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's, not, it's not easy to shut the big dog up. I think I just did. We'll take a quick break. We'll attempt to get back on track. We're talking steroids and more here on the TalkZone.com. It's two guys, one mic. We're back in a minute. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john Cohn and the big dog joe radwanski on talkzone.com all right we are back two guys and a mic you can email us at mike two guys at aol.com don't forget to check out our fan page our facebook page all kinds of fun stuff on there you can read all about who is this guy the big dog my partner today and our fan page is two guysmike.com. By the way, during the break, uh, Big Dog, you'll be happy to know that Jeannie in the Bottle and Tammy T. Trouble have joined our Twitter family. Tammy T. Trouble? Tammy T. Trouble. That might be a relative. <laughs> a blood relative, too, not a married-in relative, which is usually, you know, those are usually the worst, but this one actually might be a blood relative. Yesterday we had Sir Lancelot join the Twitter family, and a couple of his comments... I'm not so sure we want him as part of our family. <laughs> but we are planning, by the way. I don't know if you're going to join us or not, but we're going to have a Twitter party for all of our Twitter people. We're going to fly them in from all parts of the country, whatever continent they're in from, and uh, just have a family with all of our Twitter people, shall we say. We, don't, we obviously must not have that many people on Twitter if we can afford to fly them all in. Well, we got a big budget here. Don't kid yourself. Advertisers jumping on board. It's good at all. Well, then let's have this party as soon as possible, Coach. <laughs> Why you worry? Everybody's got to jump off for it. Come on. <laughs> Take it easy. Uh, all right, real quick, continuing with the steroid issue, Mark McGuire is out there. I got a couple of comments or a couple of uh, quotes from people. We've heard from everybody, and a lot of it is, uh, as you said, inane comments, or I think your words were you don't you don't pay attention to much of the uh, what the pundits are saying. Yes. But this guy's not a pundit. I thought this was the most common sense Quote, 
that I heard so far on uh, Mark McGuire admitting it's from Minnesota Twins current outfielder Mike Kadir. Yeah, Mike Kadir. Mike Kadir. Uh, yeah. And this is Mike's direct words. There were probably guys back then in the late 1980s and early 90s, pitchers and other players, who were one step away from the World Series. And they were clean. And they were going up against those Oakland A's teams that were loaded with steroids. Absolutely. Those are the guys. Those are the players I feel sorry for. I think Michael Kadair hit the nail on the head. You forget all of those guys that didn't use the HGH and never got the big contracts and maybe didn't win championships because of guys like Mark McGuire. Yeah, okay, and if you if you think of that as a diehard Cub fan, I, I just want to ask you a, a question here, Coach. Which team from Chicago finished second in the American League West three years in a row to the A's? Chicago White Sox. Okay. You know, you know, so that's uh, well, no, two years in a row because mm-hmm. uh, they finished uh, in third place in '91 to the to the Twins and then the A's. And you're not suggesting Frank Thomas was a steroid user? No, no. My my point is, you talk about one step away. The White Sox were right okay. behind the A's. I got and you. They, you know, so, like the uh, a Chicago team was burned in that particular sense, and mm-hmm. and in '89, yeah. Who knows how many of those A's were doing it? What Carney Lansford, Dave Henderson, Ricky Henderson? All you know. I'm a diehard Ricky Henderson fan, but I'm starting to have suspicions now. You know, mm-hmm. and it's pretty sad that, you know, it, it's gotten that far. But, uh, you know, some of those guys had, like, career years in in those years with the A's, and I don't think it was all because they had protection in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Parker, by the way, is in the middle of that. You know, he's the DH in that partic- on that particular team. And uh, it, when you think about the fact that how close so many people may have been to get into the World Series or winning a World Series, that bothers me more than the record books. Yep. It really does because yeah. that's why I think Michael Kadair hit the nail on the head. That's exactly yeah. right, Coach. Like for the record books, it really doesn't matter that much. You're not a huge record guy, but you know I am. I am because I love stats and I love the records. But you know it matters to me. But I'm also smart enough to the people who it really matters to. Mm-hmm. Those people also have a tendency to realize. You know, well, that was the steroid era, and that's under cloud. You know, and like when you look at like somebody's stats from like the '60s when it's hitting compared to now, you know, guys that like us that it matters, so we can figure that stuff out. So that's why it doesn't bother me that the records are tainted because mm-hmm. it, it, the what you're right and what Kadir's right. The thing that really gets up and up tainted is not the records, the results of the teams that and how they finished that particular year, and how many people lost a chance to play in in the fall classic. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny. Because when it comes down to the fall classic and the playoffs, you know, all these, you know, the, the steroids, they, you know, they make you, they make you hit the ball farther. Let's admit they make you, make you throw the ball a little bit faster too, but mostly it helps your the offensive stats and stuff. But when it comes down to winning a baseball game in the playoffs, it usually ends up being the team that can run the base, run the bases the best and, mm-hmm. and field the best, you know, and throw strikes and, you know, make a little contact and can manufacture a run. So, like, steroids, that type of play really doesn't help you in the World Series. Yeah, but, it still doesn't help with the little fundamentals, the little things that help you uh, win baseball games. Yeah, but getting there, though, through yep. the course of a season, that, it's gigantic. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got a, you know, three guys in the middle of your order that all hit 45 home runs that typically would have hit 25. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, if you have that, you can ride that, you know, to a, a championship. And, and who knows how many of those teams. And, and Tony La Russa, you know, if anybody – he the way – Tony La Russa is is dirty, and he is so smart about trying to, you know, always staying above the fray. You know, we call him Saint. We call him Saint Anthony. Mm-hmm. You know, on our old show, we uh, I used to call him Abner because I, uh, Steve Stone told me the reason why uh, the guys in, inside baseball called Tony uh, La Russa Abner is because he thinks he invented the game. 
You know, so I, I love that nickname mm-hmm. for him. But, you know, this guy's always stayed above the fray. And everywhere he's gone, there has been, first of all, suspicions that his basically his whole team, pitching staff, everybody was on steroids. Okay. And that's always been around. And he's always, you know, somehow been able to uh, deflect attention. And maybe it's because he is a lawyer and he's good about, you know, manipulating what he says and make sure he doesn't give up anything. And you know what I mean? And act, you know, act like he doesn't know anything. Mm-hmm. And, and then the other thing is, like, for years, this guy has continually thrown at people. And then the as soon as he gets thrown at it, it's like the whole world ends. You know, and he acts like, oh, we have to retaliate. Well, you you started it. You know, it's it's and he always acts like it, he's above the fray. And he the Cardinals and the A's always started the beanball wars, mm-hmm. you know, and somehow it always seemed like the other team was doing it. So Didn't Tony LaRusso coached the Oakland A's at some point. Was that during the controversial oh. potential steroid years also? Oh, absolutely. When okay. the... When the, the, the White Sox fired him in either 86 or 87, I uh-huh. think, I'm not exactly sure, but I think it was 86 because he became the, the A's manager in 87. And, you know, 88, uh, they went to the World Series, lost to the Dodgers. 89, they beat the Giants. And 90, they lost to the Reds. You know, it, so he was the manager of all those teams. And it was, you know, Canseco was there and Canseco was getting bigger and, you know, McGuire, you know, said he started using them in 89 and 90. He was using them. Mm-hmm. You look at that whole, you look at every single player on that team. Walt Weiss coach came into the league and he put on like 35 pounds in his first three years. You know, we talked about grown man's butt. There is no doubt that just say like, if you look over a whole career of Barry Bonds, if Barry Bonds never touches steroids, he would still be a lot bigger player at the age of 38 than he yes. was when he broke in in baseball in 1986. No I hear question. people say, look at it, he got bigger. Yeah, he's a he's a man. Got yeah, bigger. but just, just not as exaggerated as, as they did with the HGH. Yeah, so so you look at Walt Weiss. Yeah, Walt Weiss would have got bigger. He doesn't get 35 pounds bigger in, mm-hmm. in two and a half, three years. You only get to work out in the off season for like two and a half months, and your training during the season is more like maintenance and yeah. – you know, unless, unless of course you're on some type of chemical that your body heals immediately after you get done working out and then you can work out like a madman while you're still playing baseball, which is an extreme advantage, uh, to you if you can stay at this ridiculously high peak of being in shape, still be able to play and be able to recoup from all of it. So. And not everybody becomes, uh, you know, huge or muscle bound too. Luis Gonzalez, a good guy. Great guy. Remember, he played for the Cubs. You know, fairly. Uh, you know, his, his body structure is thin. Coach, by nature, steroids, that's his body structure. But there's steroids you can take that only help your fast twitch muscle, which in turn will not increase size in you. Yeah. But you, it's the two things, and you're exactly right. Luis Gonzalez got only he got like his normal grown man bigger, as mm-hmm. you know, we he was with the the Arizona Diamondbacks. But coach, if you, if you really believe that you're on steroids and you're better, the confidence and plus the fact that you're swinging the bat a little faster and mm-hmm. you're more powerful, you know, because uh, Ben Johnson was on the steroids. Uh, I forget the exact name of it, but he was on the same thing supposedly that uh, Luis Gonzalez was on. Okay. And Ben Johnson, the sprinter, uh, it worked a lot better for Ben Johnson than it did for Luis Gonzalez, by the way. Well, Luis Gonzalez hit 57 home runs one year, coach, which That's is pretty point. good. After, after averaging about 12 per season. And he didn't get caught. Mm-hmm. So Ben, you know, Ben Johnson, cause, you know, he didn't get a lot bigger, but he was able, his fast twitch muscles were better anyway. He ran the 983 or 979, whatever it was that they eventually, you know, took off the board. So, you know, that he didn't get bigger from that. So like they're, just because you didn't get huge, mm-hmm. 
like Rafael Palmero or, or Luis Gonzalez doesn't mean that you didn't take steroids. Yep. No Seriously, question. because there are different types that do different stuff to you. And in, in baseball, you're probably more worried about the fast twitch anyways. If you think about it, McGuire wasn't that massive coach. Did, I mean, he really wasn't. Oh, he's so huge. That That is regular, normal lifting well, weights big. I don't know if I'd agree with Coach, that. I know his a lot neck, of people on steroids that aren't on His forearms were unusually huge. The neck, the forearms, and his biceps. I don't know if I can agree with that. He was a pretty I, big I, dude. I, I know people that are, aren't on steroids that are just as big as Mark. Yeah, Lamar. but it just, it didn't, you know, some people wear it better than others. It's a good point. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and you talked about the teams, you know, not able to get championships and maybe guys that didn't quite get in the Hall of Fame because of uh, steroid use, performance enhancing drugs used by others. And that certainly is an unfair situation, a shame of it all. Let me take you a couple steps further. What about the minor league player? What about oh, the guy that, that was fighting to get in the yeah. major leagues and, you know, maybe was tempted? But didn't, and because of that, never made it to the majors, never was able to get a big payday. So let's not, you know, only think about the guys that didn't win championships. Let's think about those many, many, many that might have missed on opportunities to uh, have a pro career, maybe not get rich, Joel, but maybe at least make some good money playing pro sports. Think about this, Coach. You're you're exactly right. Think about this scenario that happens. A guy that has made the major leagues, and he's like after his six-year arbitration, okay, and he's going into that year. And he's really should, doesn't belong in the major leagues and he's probably going to go away, but he's been in the major leagues for six years and he's made enough that he should be able to live a good life. But he decides in that year to take steroids and he has a huge year. And this has happened by with a lot of players. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden this team's like, you know what? We'll give you five years and 30 million. All this confidence we had you is finally paid off. You know, so the guy has like a year or two, a good year. And the next thing you know, he gets hurt because the steroids eventually will break you down. Even though you recover faster, you, you are getting weaker and eventually your body will snap because of it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, and then, you know, he really can't play anymore. And, but still they're like, Oh, we invested all this money in him. And so now there's like two or three levels of players in the minor leagues that don't get a chance because this guy decided to take steroids. Mm-hmm. And, and and the and the player and the team gets hurt by it because he really isn't the player they thought he was. Now they invested all this money in him and they have to keep him on the major league level because they're paying this guy six or seven or ten million dollars a year and they can't afford to you know put him in the or, or just outright release him like maybe like the Yankees or the Red Sox could you know like a lot of teams can't afford to do that. You're exactly right. How many minor league players are affected because of this guy's decision to use steroids? Because the examples like that happen to every single team. Well, at least once every two or three years, will somebody sign a bad deal for somebody, and they had, and they'll remain in the major leagues just because somebody gave them way too much money, and people can't afford to cut them. Mm-hmm. All right, eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. You got some comments on that? The big dog, Joel Edwanski, joining us here on Two Guys in a Mic show today at thetalkzone.com. Don't forget, we got shows twenty four seven on thetalkzone.com. Big dog, if you want beauty tips along the way, if you want tax advice. If you want uh, maybe advice on how to deal with the opposite sex, if you want advice on maybe what movies or TV shows to watch, I mean, you name it, we've got it. You check out the TalkZone.com website. Anything is there for you. Even a dysfunctional guy like yourself can find a show that will help you. You still there, Big Dog? We might have lost him. All right, we'll take a quick break. 888-463-6748, TalkZone.com. It's the coach, the dog, two guys, and a mic. Back in a minute.
we are indeed back on two guys and a mic. And I guess right before the break, the show uh, has suddenly become one guy and one mic. Big Dog, are you there? Yes. Oh, we yes, got him I'm, back. I'm we, not exactly sure what happened, but uh, I don't know why I'm in studio and all of a sudden you guys are cutting my mic off. I really don't appreciate that. I take no responsibility for that. And I know producer David Olson, much <laughs> too nice of a guy to do that on purpose. Possibly our general manager. By the way, I don't, you're not here. You're uh, doing the show via remote, Big Dog. But apparently nobody told me. But apparently it's casual day here at the TalkZone.com. Our general manager, the commander-in-chief, Chris Whitting, coming in during the break and wearing a white T-shirt, hooded sweatshirt, and boxer shorts, and that was about it. That's not bad. That's not bad. As yeah, much it's not as well, bad for you over the phone. It was not so good for me here in person, believe me. Well, we're used to it. We used to have a producer that, no pantalones, you know, yes. that was that was his middle name. So, <laughs> oh, Taking the casual day just a little bit too casual, you know. Pants would be a good thing to wear. But we appreciate Chris. He's a wonderful, wonderful man. He's the commander-in-chief, and he's the guy who made the mistake. I mean, made the uh, fine decision to hire us here, Big Dog. Uh, you know what? Well, we show up on time every day. That's pretty much all you can ask for. <laughs> Any more sound bites like that? No, I'm going to cut you off again, intentionally or unintentionally. Hey, by the way, real quick, and I, I want to get off the steroid thing, uh, uh, and there's some other news and notes I want to get to, but I know you are an aspiring actor, we know you've been uh, struggling a little bit the last few years to find yourself, and you're looking for that niche to get you in the, uh, you know, acting and to get that big break, as not many do, but some do, and maybe become a Hollywood star. And I have before me some of the things that happen along the way to being a star. Okay. And I'd like okay. to see how many of these have happened to you. Real quick, I'm going to read them off, and then I'll go okay. one by one. Okay, and again, the show that you're involved with now is uh, Deadbeats what? Deadbeats Anonymous? Um, America's Most Wanted Deadbeats. I like Deadbeats Anonymous better. No, we, we're actually finding real deadbeats and, and busting okay. them out and showing people who they are. So they, I, it would be. I'm not on be, your list, Emma. Uh, not yet, Coach. You've been taking care of your kids at least. That's a, You're not on the watch list yet, but I might mm -hmm. have to check you out. All right. Uh, under the guise of uh, under the heading of Live Like a Celebrity Without All the Drama. Quit school. Okay. This is to, to become an actor or become a star. Quit school. Move out to L.A. Disappoint your parents. Join an acting class. Audition. Work as a waiter. Get an acting coach. Audition again. Book your corporate training video. Compromise your morals. Star in a borderline softcore adult film. Enter deep depression. Get an agent. Land a doomed cable pilot. Get a DUI. Get a manager. Get a supporting role. Do the late night show circuit. Get an assistant. Get a starring role. And then finally, abuse the perks that fame provides. I've done a lot of those, believe it or not. That's what I want to go through one by one here and see exactly. <laughs> very quickly here because we have sports to get through. Let's start at the very beginning here. And again, live like a celebrity without all the drama. Okay. Uh, how about quit school? I uh, have never done that, Coach. I wouldn't do that. Well, maybe we took, maybe we jumped to conclusions. Have you ever entered school? <laughs> no, I've actually finished school. Okay. I, I really enjoyed college. Just check it. It's hard to quit okay. college if you never got in. Uh, yes. Moved out to Los Angeles. Apparently, every movie star has to move out to L.A. Now, I was going out there like every weekend for uh, about two or about a year and a half. Okay. I went out there a lot of weekends for so, a year and a half. So we'll put that down as a yes. Okay. Right? Okay. Yes. In yes. fact, real quick, and I remember you were relaying this story. Tell our producer, David Olson, and our outstanding <laughs> listening audience. The night that you got robbed and then there was a uh, fire alarm at the hotel at the same time? Oh, yes. I always forget the fire alarm alarm part. But I, I basically got held up at gunpoint on the corner of 6th and Bixel. And on, like, 5th and, like, two blocks down, so, like, you know, about a three-block walk, was my hotel. And when I got there, 
there was like somebody had pulled a fire alarm. There was like a bomb threat. Oh, and I, <laughs> I did. I, it was it was a rough night for me. It was it was so pretty bad. And this is in L.A. Yeah, and I tell I tell the cop, hey, you know, like right down the street, I've uh, you know, I was arrested. The guy's like, I mean, I was uh, I was robbed. The guy's like, yeah, right. And I I told him what happened. He's like, oh, stuff like that happens all the time around here. Come, there's like, there's a bomb threat. I'm like, are you kidding me? The guys are right over there. So you you go out, you leave the hotel, you go out for a night in the town, uh, walking distance. You stop at a few establishments, you get a couple of cocktails on the way home. Some dude, was it one or two guys? They actually. It was, it was one kid. He was a young kid and he had like seven or eight people with him. But he had a gun. Yeah, he had a gun. And he put it in my face. I just gave him all the money that I had on me. Wow. And, uh. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And, and then so, <laughs> and then you walk three or four blocks back to the hotel. Okay, yeah, on my way. I just keep walking. And the next thing I know, there was somebody had pulled like the alarm or there was a yeah. bomb threat or something. I was pretty inebriated at this point. But. <laughs> It, well, it I'm surprised the holdup didn't sober you up. That's the best sobering thing you can get, just about. But see, so you go back to the hotel. You, you know, you're about to tell people, "Hey, I got held up. Somebody's got to arrest this guy." And they're like, "Shut up, buddy! Get the hell out of here! We got a fire! We got a, a, a bomb alert!" Yeah, it, it, and where I was coming from that night, it was, you know, I guess it was karma. I just, I just was not doing right. the right things at that particular time in my life. So right. I guess it was karma, coach. So we'll put a uh, yes next to move out to LA. Again, these yeah. are things uh, <laughs> on the way to becoming a movie star. Okay. And we'll find out how many of these the big dog actually have done. Disappoint your parents. Oh, that's definitely not. That's parents, like both of them. So yes, mm-hmm. I would have to say that would be both. Yes. All right. You're on your way, my friend. Join an acting class. Uh, yeah, I've done that. Okay. And luckily, Luckily for me, my first one was paid for by somebody else. Go for an audition? I've done many of those. Okay. Work as a waiter? Uh, no, but I was a bouncer. That's close enough. Yes. That's close enough. We'll put that okay. down. Okay. Uh, get an acting coach. Yes, I actually have one of those. See that? Yeah, and I don't, and I don't, I don't pay for that either. Somebody does that for me. You're hitting all the notes or you've done everything but actually become the star. <laughs> okay. How about book a corporate training video? Um, believe it or not, I had that particular job, but, uh, when I was on a train to get downtown <laughs> yeah, because of something else that I don't want to talk about later that you, that I've already checked a yes on. So if mm-hmm. you haven't, if you weren't listening closely, you won't get this, but that's the reason why I had to take the train. Ah. Okay. Um, well, uh, my train ended up being late and I, I missed the final interview or else I would have been like, uh, a guy that was demonstrating okay. knives in one of those corporate, you know, <laughs> Seriously, I would have. It's the amazing Ginsu knife with the big dog from two guys and a mic at dices. It slices, it cuts hands, ears, it was, fingers, toes. It, it was going to pay like five grand. I would have had to work oh, a week. Goodness. So, yeah, it, did. So it was pretty yeah. disappointing. I still never recuperated from the fact that age nine, that for Christmas, Santa Claus did not bring me the Popeil's Pocket Fisherman. Well, the fact that you were a Jew, that probably had a little bit of something why it's Santa Claus <laughs> in a stop at your house. Okay. Uh, stop it. All right. Next on the list, compromise your morals. Can we put that as a simple yes without describing? Yeah, no, no, I, I have. Okay. I have. Uh, okay. Star. I mean, this had nothing to do with acting. I've just done it many times. Well, sure. Who has? Yes. Star in a borderline soft core film. Borderline now. I've been trying to. Don't put that down as tried. Okay. okay. It's all about I the effort. Yet. But I'm definitely, I would definitely do soft, definitely do soft porn right. if I had the chance. It's all about the effort. That's what's important. <laughs> now, that doesn't, now, that doesn't mean flaccid porn, right? No, 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 no. Okay, there's just a big Lightweight, lightweight. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I don't know what this, you know, I don't know if these are in a set order or not, but right after appearing in a softcore film becomes a enter deep depression. If you enter deep depression at some I'm point. I'm in one like, right now. No. As we speak. Come on. Oh, no, seriously, coach. I don't leave the room. 
I don't leave my walk in my running closet. I don't leave it anymore. <laughs> your walk in closet. I actually I've been to his house. His walk in closet is actually your house right now. Or your room, I should say. Yeah, yeah. It's a well, like it's a five bedroom house. So. Yeah. That's like, I'm in the small uh, one. that's like the movie The Long Long Trailer with uh, Ricky Ricardo and Lucy. And Lucy's trying to convince uh, husband Ricky to buy the, the house trailer. And she shows him the plans of the, the trailer. And he's looking around. And he goes, uh, oh, a nice living room. She goes, no, that's the closet. <laughs> okay, oh, no, no, cool. it's the other way around. Yeah, that's. The... I'm sorry. Ricky Ricky goes, nice closet space. Yeah. And she goes, no, 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 that's the living room. That's that's why I laughed at you. Sorry, I knew you got, sorry, it. I knew you got it mixed up. That. All right. After entering deep depression, interesting order, get an agent. Have you got yourself an agent? Uh I haven't I haven't done that even though I have okay. had people that have said they wanted to do that but they right. actually haven't done anything to, right. to to get me any work. Next on the list, land a doomed cable pilot. Have you appeared in a uh, failed cable pilot? Yeah, it's called What's a Name Show. If you go to what's a name dot com, it's what's W A yeah W A S S A N A M E What's a Name dot com. It's uh that's the doomed. Uh, cable pilot. There you go. How about get a DUI? This is all on the list of things to become a celebrity and hopefully doing without the, all the drama. Get a DUI. No, no, I'm I'm not answering that question because I already oh still pending did in two previous questions. Really? Let's move yes. on to the next. Uh, like topic. I said, I was taking a train to do that corporate interview. Okay. We <laughs> we have a lot of security people, police officers that listen to the show. Let's quickly move on to the next topic. Uh, get a manager and then get a supporting role. I have three managers right now. Any of them actually working for you? Um, none of them. But the, every time I do something, they're always like, "Why didn't you call me? Why didn't you tell me?" Because I keep getting my own roles and stuff. Okay. And and so you say get a supporting role. Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, in April or May, we're not exactly sure when, but uh, Benny Woodall's next film mm-hmm. uh, from Zhangwei Films is uh, I got a supporting role. I'm uh, the, I'm the lead. I'm the, I'm not the lead. I'm the head. Uh, uh, of a gang. And, extremely, uh, extremely exciting. Can I ask who the hell is Benny Woodall? Benny Woodall has made some movies, went to Cannes. He made uh, Fast Zombies with Guns. Okay. He made uh, one other movie. I forget uh, the name of it. I haven't seen it, but I did mm-hmm. see Last Zombies with Guns. That's good. Yeah. And his next movie, The Long December, comes out in it's good, April or May. And hopefully you'll be able to go to the premiere and all that stuff, Coach. The it's Long December be, comes out in May? Should comes come out in May. It should come yeah. out in December. Yeah, I, I'm with you, but we really need to get this out. So by the time December mm-hmm. starts, maybe people around will have heard of it and will will enjoy it. All right, very so. quickly to wrap up this uh, dysfunctional segment here on Two Guys and a Mic, uh, becoming a star, do the late night show circuit. Have you gone late night yet? Uh, that's where my failed. Uh, that's where my failed. Uh, what do you call it? What's the name show? Okay. My failed uh, okay. cable TV show so that's going to be on late night. We'll put so it down as a yes. Yes. Get an assistant. I've been trying to do that, Coach, but every single time I, I I nail one down, she gets really upset. And the fact that she doesn't speak usually she doesn't speak good English <laughs> usually hurts. Hiring an assistant that you can communicate with probably a good thing. The final two things are get a starring role. We know you haven't done that just yet. And then after you get a starring role, make sure you abuse the perks that fame provides. I know you'll make a note of that for future reference. You, you know what? I've usually been a team player, and I haven't done that, but I really plan on doing that big time. Mm-hmm. Big time. I, I, I really, I mean, not in, in the good way, too, Coach. Not mm-hmm. like where other people will get hurt, but, you know, just like, uh, okay. uh, yeah, I want to be a prima donna at least one time in my life. Oh, sure. Who wouldn't? 
Who yes. wouldn't? All right. So we got you down for seventy uh, percent of the answers were a yes, big dog. I think you're on your way to stardom. You just haven't got there yet. You <laughs> will be abusing the perks of stardom in the not too distant future. By the way, during that segment, yes. two more people have jumped on our Twitter. Uh, jumped on you know, I <laughs> Frisky, Frisky, Fruity Loop, and Candy Ass are now part of our Twitter family. Could you say that again? Frisky, Fruit Loop, yeah. and Candy Ass are now part of our Twitter family. <laughs> People are jumping on board all the time. Can I tell you? We're going to have a Twitter party, and uh, we'll get a chance to meet a Candy Ass, a Lisa oh. Loving, a Genie in the Bottle, all of our fine Twitter listeners. Uh, I'm going to eventually go on Twitter.com and sign up for that one. So that yes. I think I'm going to actually start doing this stuff, Coach. I certainly hope so. All right, very quickly before we got to sign off, uh, uh, a couple of coaching changes yesterday. The biggest one, Petey Carroll from USC, moves to Seattle for, I don't know, $300,000 million, however much money they're paying him. He's going to be the president, the GM, I think the mayor of the city, and he might be the senator and the governor all included. So Here's he's got total football control. Well, I've heard so many I think he's stories. in charge he's of the entire football. state of Washington. I'm not sure. Okay. But your thoughts on that and who might be the maybe the plum job in all of college coaching? Who gets the USC gig? Yeah, first of all, if I'm Pete Carroll, I, I don't leave for the Seattle job. I, they're not really set up for the future, but whatever. And, and why would you – I would not want to take the USC job right now, Coach. Seriously. That is – you're walking into a, a lion's den right there because uh, all they have in football – in, in Southern California is uh, the San Diego Chargers and uh, the USC Trojans. Mm-hmm. So, like everybody, if you live in Orange County, those are that's who you like. If you, no matter where you're at in Southern California, and, and there's high expectations right now. If you're getting that job, you better have success and you better have it early because you have mm-hmm. a lot to live up to. That that job is much better the way Pete Carroll walked into it, where they were finishing seven and five, you know, and barely competing for a, a, mm-hmm. a Pac-10 championship than right now because if, if you don't win the Pac-10 next year, you did a bad job. Well, there, but you know there's going to be a lot of coaches. It's still, for many of the reasons you just described, you almost fought your own argument because it is a plum job. It's so big in Southern California, and the recruiting is not that hard because you got an awful lot of talent oh. within a 100-mile radius. Oh, my goodness. They have a, they have a pipeline from Florida they, that goes to Southern California. They have, and you get those kids from San Francisco all the way down to uh, Tijuana. Seriously, mm-hmm. everybody, you go to. If you're the best player in California in, in those particular districts, you, you just go to USC, and that's basically what happens. And, and they and so and they they still get kids from New Jersey, and they still get kids from Florida. I don't know if Pete if Pete Carroll was the reason why they were getting those kids, but you know if you have a if you have all of Southern California and middle of California and you're also got a, a Florida and New Jersey pipeline, you're going to win a lot of football games. And if they can continue that, I guess it doesn't really matter who their head coach is. You know, if you can continue the pipeline, you know, you know, coaching means a lot, but the Willies and the Joes mean even more coach. And if you can keep on getting the talent that, you know, you'll be all right, but that's the key. That is the key. Tomorrow we'll, uh, we'll talk about uh, maybe some of the potential replacements for, Pete Carroll, I'm sure the rumor mill will start to uh, swirl full circle with maybe some ex-NFL coaches, current college coaches, etc. Big Dog, we got to wind up today's show, and uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. You'll be on at 10, correct? Yes, I will, Coach. Beautiful. Be good out there. Don't get in any trouble. want to thank everybody out there for listening. We much, much appreciate it. 10 o'clock Central Time, every Monday through Friday, TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. Have a great day, everybody.